Welcome to the Diversity at Work podcast, where we unpack what it's really going to take to close the gender gap in the workplace. Here is your host, leadership coach and diversity consultant, Andrea Jansen. This episode is sponsored by Duckish Natural Skincare. I am super excited that they have jumped on board to sponsor the show because I actually know Carolyn Crew, the founder, personally. A couple of years ago, before there was a Reignite Your Ambition coaching program, before there was a workshop, before there was an ambitious everyday journal, I had an idea for an exercise to help people get clear on what drives their ambition so that they could set goals, feel fulfilled, and have something to strive for. So before I could do that, I actually had a group of entrepreneurs that I knew, and I asked them if I could test the exercise on them. So I asked Carolyn, what is the something that you're striving for? What drives your ambition? What motivates you to get up every day and go to work? And she said, 2%. And I didn't really expect an answer like that. And I asked her to explain. And she said that only 2% of women entrepreneurs actually reach a million dollars in annual revenue in their businesses. And that is what motivated her to start Duckish Natural Skincare. They have lotion sticks, lip balm, baby products and bath products. They're really innovative. And my favorite product is their lotion stick. It looks like deodorant, but it's actually lotion. So you just rub it on your legs, you rub it on your arms, your hands, your face. You can even use it as a lip balm. And I love it because it's solid. And when I travel, I can keep it in my carry-on and I don't need to worry about having too much liquid to get through security. And for all of the Diversity at Work listeners, Duckish is offering you 15% off of your order. So you need to head to duckish.ca, that is D-U-C-K-I-S-H dot C-A, and enter the promo code diversity at work at checkout, and you will get 15% off of your order. The way I see it is that if you need to buy lotion anyways, might as well buy it from a women-owned business so that you can do your part to close the gender gap. They ship to the US and Canada, so head to duckish.ca and enter the promo code diversity at work and you will get 15% off. Hello and welcome to the Diversity at Work podcast. I am your host, Andrea Jensen, and on today's episode, I have Natalie Irwin, who is a director at Efficiency Canada. Natalie is passionate about getting more women into leadership, and about green energy and really making the world a better place from an energy perspective, from an equality perspective, from a making the workplace somewhere where everybody can thrive. So Natalie, I'm so glad that you're here. Can you introduce yourself and tell everybody listening what you do? Sure. Thank you. I'm so I'm actually really happy to be here today. So thanks for having me. Um, I'm based in Ottawa. I moved here last fall from Halifax, Nova Scotia. Um, I moved here actually to take on the new role of director of a new not-for-profit organization, um, Efficiency Canada. We are the national voice for energy efficiency. The big thing that we work on, we're actually an advocacy group for the energy efficiency sector in Canada. So we're looking to put energy efficiency on the map in Canada. Cool. So is that for businesses or for consumers? 
Um, it's more for the industry. I think everyone benefits as a whole, even outside Canada. If people do things that are more energy efficiency for buildings, uh, it just reduces the greenhouse gas reductions, um, which everyone needs clean air. Uh, but it, really the it's really an advocacy for the sector we find a lot of uh, programs for energy efficiency it's a complex issue um, and some people in government don't really understand it so programs are getting cancelled uh, across Canada and so we said you know what more attention needs to be uh, given to the sector so we created um, a national organization to really I don't like to use the word lobbyist because it has a, a negative tone to it or a negative condensation to it, but I use the word educate. Um, really, I just educate the various government groups on energy efficiency, the benefit. The great thing about energy efficiency is, yes, it does help the environment, but it also means local jobs for Canadians because you can't really import energy efficiency. You can, but the thing with that is not really cost effective to bring someone over from, say, uh, China to install a heat pump directly in your home. Uh, having a local person do it um, is really great. So it means local jobs for the economy. It also means um, jobs in rural parts of the of the economy as well, or of Canada as well. Um, so it's local jobs, jobs in rural area, and jobs across the province, and it helps the environment. So I see it's more, I'm really lucky that I have an, an easy job. It's uh, just more education versus lobbying. I, don't, I wouldn't say it's easy. I feel like you have a lot <laughs> of work to do. There's so much opportunity there, and it's exciting that you get to come come in on the ground and build this organization and kind of rise up to your own leadership um, as you do this work. It's super exciting. I'm really excited to watch you grow and lean into your career. It's great. Yeah, I'm really excited to be here. I love this uh, job in this industry. I've So my background is marketing and communications, and I kind of fell into energy efficiency. I've worked in a number of different industries. I've worked in uh, entertainment. I worked in um, professional services. Uh, I worked in t uh, telecommunications, kind of education, kind of everything across the gamut. And I um, just happened to know someone when Efficiency Nova Scotia was starting up um, they were hiring in their marketing department and I thought you know what that sounds really interesting um, so I applied and I ended up getting the role and then eight years later I'm still in the industry and I just love it it's uh, I really feel that I'm making a difference to not only again the environment but also my neighbors and my family I'm helping them save money which is nice at the end of the day to feel uh, that you're actually making a difference and feeling that my career and my job, my role is really um, purpose driven, which is nice. I love it. So you're really passionate about the environment. You're passionate about helping people, about educating people, creating jobs, uh, but you're also really passionate about gender equality in the workplace. So what got you motivated to take that on to learn more about it and be that voice? Um, so I would say just nothing really in particular struck out. It was just the more I, I learned about things and the more I just, you know, it comes up just in news and just in regular conversations with people, just the difference um, 
of like equal pay and equal leadership, equal opportunities uh, for women, even within Canada, which is seen as a more progressive nation. Um, and I thought, you know, why is this still happening in Canada? Why are we still talking about this? And I'd have, I'd be interested, I'd be talking to some of my male friends and they would say, oh, you know, it's equal in the workplace uh, in Canada now. And I'd say, well, why are these stats still coming out saying that it's not? So I did a, you know, a little research on my own and, and some of the stats that I came across, I was just, it honestly, it just made me very angry <laughs> that this is still an issue. And, um, especially in the, in the industry that I work in now, energy efficiency, um, a recent stat actually uh, by Eco Canada just came out and uh, in energy efficiency, there's only 18% in the workforce that are female, which is crazy. Wow. So that's just total workforce, 18%. 18, and that's in Canada. And that's mostly because um, the energy efficiency industry does include a lot of the building industry, which is typically male dominated. Um, but even in, so the clean, if you kind of narrow it down as well to the Canadian clean energy, energy workforce, it's again, only 25% of that workforce is female in Canada. And so I kind of thought, okay, well, is this just a Canada thing or is this international? Canada is obviously, if it's 25% in Canada, it must be lower internationally, but it's actually 35% internationally. So I thought, yeah, it's actually higher internationally. Oh, so we've got some work to do. Yeah, exactly. So that's why uh, we'll talk about it a, a bit later, but the, the Equal by 30 campaign that's... Um, I kind of find out about and Efficiency Canada's joined. Um, it's uh, kind of headed up by the uh, Natural Resources Canada and also by the United Nations. Um, again, we'll talk about it in a bit, but okay, let's well, into the details. Yeah, let's talk about you. So you got motivated. You're like, what is going on? Canada's a bit behind the rest of the world. And what is it like, like for leadership? So the workforce is kind of 18% for energy overall, clean energy, it's 25%. What does it look like as you go up the ranks? So that's the big, the big issue with um, gender diversity. Again, just doing, doing reading in it and doing research and just my own experience as well is that um, the gap exists because in the workforce, there's not enough women at the senior leadership roles and there's not enough women in the director level positions um they're women are overrepresented in the lower in, uh, jobs so occupations like human resources or administration there's a lot of women but not in uh, technical or leadership roles um, like director and learning this has kind of made me passionate and I thought you know what I'm not going to be part of the statistic I'm going to be part of the solution and so I really was focused on getting a leadership role in my next role and progressing my own career um, to kind of uh, to be proud of where I have come from and where I'm going and so I could be uh, share my knowledge and experiences with other uh, women that are at the university level. I guess I remember Natalie when in Halifax when you were still in Halifax so that was what a year and a half ago? Mm -hmm. About you a year ago. You're like, I'm ready. I need to be the director. Like you just, you had your eye on that prize or that 
that goal. And it's just really cool that you recognize that that will make a difference in the numbers because you're a role model. Like your people see you and they're working in that company and there's not that many women and they can see you and recognize that, you know what, it is possible for me. I mm -hmm. can do it. You can be that role model. And it was that determination. You had to move to Ottawa to make it happen. But like yeah. you're making it happen. You're being part of the solution. And it's really cool because it's more than just you. Well, exactly. And I just, I got frustrated. The more I read, the more frustrated I became, honestly. And it just like fueled the fire within me. Um, I would, I won't say which company I was working for, um, but I was working for a large organization and, and I was seeing equal, um, my equals or my peers that were male walking around very vocally saying that I should be at the manager level or senior manager level position. And these were males, um, which is nothing wrong to want to strive for that. But I would look at them and think, that's fine that you want to do that. But I have more 10 more years of experience than you and I'm not at that level. Why do you think that you're more deserving? But then I thought, why don't I think I'm more deserving? And so I kind of turned it internally and said, I should do, if they think they deserve it, then I think that I should deserve it. And I kind of said, okay, naturally you need to do something about this. Only you can. So I started putting my career first and kind of saying, okay, and asking for things. Cause I think as women, we just kind of wait until it's given to us. And because people will think or recognize that we're deserving um, but that's not the case. And I think that's the difference that I've noticed um, in my own experience between the difference between males in the workplace and women in the workplace is that males will ask for it or demand it. And females just kind of sit back and wait and think, well, it will just, you know, it will come to me when I deserve it. And that's not really the case. Because um, until I started asking for it and, and, putting myself out there and saying, I'm deserving of this. Uh, I never really got um, promoted in my career. I kind of always looked over past because I was not vocal enough. And so once I decided to make that change, I noticed a progression in my own career. I went from coordinator, coordinator to specialist to manager and now director level. And that was and really fast, right? That like you were kind of, plateauing for a really for a while right and then all of a sudden it was like boom yes definitely and it's not because and that was it's not because I wasn't deserving of before I would say for 10 years I kind of held the same role or similar roles um, in title but responsibility I was taking on so much more responsibility but never getting the title and then finally I said why why aren't I getting the title? Because I, I'd always think, oh, it'll come, it'll come. And I would get frustrated seeing other people um, get titles and get promoted and not getting it. But I never spoke up. And so after seeing there, I remember the one particular time where I, where I had this, that I referenced a male colleague say, you know, I should be a senior manager. And I just thought, hold on, wait a minute. <laughs> If you think that, then I should have this too. And that's kind of, like I said, kind of fueled me to make a difference and in my own life because you really need to get out of your own way. And that's what I found for myself. I needed to get out of my own way.
So how did you do it? Was it just this realization in this shift and you're like, if he can do it, I can do it. Like I need to ask in that, that knowledge or was it something more? Um, yeah, it was really the knowledge that, and cause the more I, uh, more I read about it, it was just the difference between men and women in the workplace. And, and I, I just thought women and myself included are equally um, deserving as men. I'm not saying that men aren't deserving because I think they are, but they're equally as much so. And so I thought if if a guy can go into um, their boss's office and ask for more money, as a female, I owe it to all females, not just myself, but all females to go in and ask for more money as well. Yes. And so that was what I really inspired me because I'm helper I like to I like to help other people is that I in a way I didn't do it for myself I felt like I was doing it for my gender as a whole and so I thought I can't let my gender down and so that was what really inspired me to be like okay you need to go and ask for more money you need to go and and ask for more vacation or you need to go ask for whatever it is I I wanted ask for it because you know what the worst, the worst thing that can happen is that they say no, and you're no worse off than you are before you make the ask. Natalie, I love that. And I wish I heard you and knew you and listened <laughs> to this when I was 22, oh, <laughs> starting uh, out working, because it's the same thing. Like you sit there, you wait for it. It's like, oh, be patient, Andrea. If you work hard, you'll get it. Uh, but the reality is you just have to ask and that's part of work culture. And for whatever reason, mm-hmm. as women, like it's not, we we're told not to do it. We're seeing, we kind of have to dance that devil bind of like not doing it and that. Yeah. It holds us back. And that's why we don't have equality in Canada. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think a big part of it is women start at lower pay from day one. Mm-hmm. because men graduating will go into and get a job and they'll say, Oh, you know, I'm deserving of a higher salary. Cause there's always a, a salary ban and men start up higher for the exact same job. When women will go in and ask for the job and they'll get the job and they'll say, Oh, thank you so much for giving me a job. I'm really lucky to have it. You know what? Someone told me a stat on that. I think it's from 2011. So it's a little bit older, but 7% of women out of college or university negotiate their first salary. 57% of men do. Oh, I totally believe it. I totally believe it. I probably read that and it made me mad. Yeah, it makes me yeah. mad too. And I, yeah, because I wish I, like you said, I wish I knew this earlier on and what I know now because I see saw a big difference in the first 10 years of my career versus the last eight years of my career. Um, the last eight years I've grown so much, but that's because I've made it a priority. My mentality has shifted. So let's talk about the fulfillment too, because you talk about growth, right? So mm-hmm. you're making more money now, you have a better title, but like what else have you gotten from advocating for yourself? Um, just more responsibility uh, and then also independency as well. I don't have to... Um, always check in, have someone check in what I'm doing. I'm able to bring my ideas to the table uh, and share my ideas and not be afraid to share my ideas and speak up. Um, And also I find because of the director level title, it gets you uh, different meetings with other directors 
or other senior managers. They look at you differently just from the title alone. Um, and I've always, I've always been one to say that title doesn't make a difference uh, until you're ready to look for a new job then title matters, but I've now amended that, <laughs> that thinking to say title does matter when you are looking for meetings with other people. Ooh, I love that insight because it does matter because we work in a hierarchical society, right? Yes. Yeah. And I think I never really, like I said, I never thought that title did make a difference, but it does, um, which is sad, but it's, you know, it's reality. So, yes. and just, some, just something, um, uh, just a little story I'd like to uh, tell is with the the pay. I actually had someone uh, I worked with probably last year or the year before, and I was she was a co-op student, and I was just talking to her, and she was applying for jobs um, elsewhere. And she, I told her the story that you know if you were a guy, you would go and ask for more money even if you got a job. And she was working in a rural area of um, in the Maritimes. And she was like, you know what, I'm lucky to even get this job. And I said, no, you go back there and you ask for more money. I said, the worst they can do is tell you no. And so she went back and said, you know what, I have, I think I have this experience, this and this. Here's why you think you should give me more money. Is there any wiggle room? And she ended up getting $5,000 more Amazing. for starting. Yeah, just from that. And she's, so it proves it works. Um, and just think about that, those 10 years, right? Like her whole career, she's going to know that she can advocate for herself. She's going to know that you can ask. She's going to be better at negotiation. That's her first negotiation, right? Exactly. Um, even if it went poorly, it's a learning opportunity. Exactly. Uh, and, you think, and you think of the $5,000 at that level, at an entry level job, $5,000 is enough. That's, that's about three years of like a percentage pay increase over the three years that she's now better three years ahead of where she would have been if she came in at the starting salary that they offered her. Oh, Natalie, thank you so much for doing that. That I feel like people yeah. like you just doing that, having those conversations, just being like, Hey, like this is what you have to do. This is how it works. And exactly. It, it's just so powerful. Oh, and I, because I wish someone had shared that with me when I was in my twenties, because I would have been probably better off. <laughs> And so I think, you know, if I had to make these mistakes, then I want other people to benefit from them as well so that they don't have to make the same ones so they can make different ones and then share that knowledge with someone. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, so I want to talk about, you talked a little bit about having this new title because now you're a director and you talked about it opening more doors for you. So I want to talk about impact, like the impact that you can have on the, the things that you're passionate about, making the environment better, making things more efficient, making more jobs in Canada. So how does that rising up the ranks give, give you that influence and increase it? Um, I would say that people actually, if I have something to say, uh, people will listen to what I have to say. And uh, they're almost it's almost that they are more quickly to agree with that, what you have to say. So it's that credibility. Yeah, exactly. It's the credibility that makes the difference. Yeah, it's, that's cool. And because we do, that's kind of how it works, right? If you're the director at another organization, you're going to want to meet with somebody at your same level. So you're exposed to so many more people, so many mm -hmm. more ideas, so many more doors are open, um, which is really cool because you just decided to invest in your career ask for things and really put yourself out there. 
It's really cool yes. to watch. Yeah, it's uh, it's been it's been hard work. I will say it didn't. It's not like I just decided, and all of a sudden these things came came to me. I had to. That's that's the other thing I'll share is that you have to work hard. Like I um, did a lot of research. I figured out what I wanted. I invested time and money and effort. And when I came home at the end of the night, I would do research um, and apply for, and I didn't just apply for any job. I, I did love the, my previous job that I had. I loved the organization I worked for. I liked the role. Um, but where I was, I just thought, I love, I love my life right now, but I don't picture myself doing this for the next 20 years. And there wasn't really an opportunity for me to grow. And so I, I knew that I had to look outside my organization. And that's when this uh, Efficiency Canada was created. And I thought, here's an opportunity to get in at the ground level and really create this organization and have an instrumental role in um, seeing it come to fruition and seeing what this organization is going is going to be. Um, and I always tell people that I'm still relatively new to this, to this job and this organization still new that I still have an unbiased opinion saying that this organization efficiency Canada really needed to exist because uh, energy was run at the provincial level and not, and not at the national level. Um, but there was not really anyone really focused on, um, sharing best practices and mobilizing the industry and the sector. Um, so that's really the role that Efficiency Canada plays. And it's really exciting to have um, a say in, and really connect everyone across Canada. Um, and I love it. The thing I think I, one of the things, one of the many things I love about my job right now is the travel that I get to do uh, because it is a national organization, which is really cool. And being a Canadian organization and, is that I get to travel to the large cities across Canada, which is cool because Canada's um, small in population, but large in mass. So when I go to these large cities, I know people in every city. So I get to visit friends and family everywhere, which is fun. Oh, that's amazing. And the other thing I yeah. love about the fact that you travel all over the place, that you're a director, you've like rise up the ranks um, in, the, in an energy organization is that you get to be the role model and they get to just see a director at the meetings at the conferences um, from Efficiency Canada and they have you as a role model to see to look up to to and it they probably do this they probably don't say it but like unconsciously it's happening so I think yes. that's really cool that you get to be a part of that mm -hmm. I think it's cool too and something I kind of wanted to touch on as well is that um, it's volunteering and so something that I've noticed uh, two things actually two points I'd like to make. One is that with volunteering, um, I've actually won three awards for volunteering in the past five years, um, which is pretty cool because I've been volunteering my entire life and never won an award for it. Um, not because I wasn't, I'm doing better. I'm better at volunteering now. I don't think that's the case. I think it's that it's being recognized more um, by um, organizations that volunteers are important um, and so I feel like that's, that's great. So there's, it's inspiring and winning these awards at volunteering has helped uh, 
me gain attention uh, in the industry that I work in. And that's also helped progress my career as well because I'm an award winner now. And I think that's really important for women because as women, I found men will be very quick to say, yes, I can do that. No problem. Yes, I can do that. Women, we tend to say, well, I haven't done that before, so I don't know if I can. I could probably do that. But if you, as a woman, if you've done it in a volunteer capacity, you don't mind stepping up and trying something that you haven't done before because you're not afraid because there's not that pressure that you're putting on yourself to fail. And so once you do it in a volunteer capacity, you can then return and say to your in your professional life and say, well, I haven't done that professionally, but I have done that volunteer. Here's an exact uh, experience that I've done. And it just gives you the confidence as a female that you don't normally um, have on your own. Unfortunately, (laughs) uh, I'd love to say that as females, we don't need that. But in reality, volunteering gives you that confidence that you can then go into the workplace and say, yes, I can do that and progress. So I think volunteering for, for any woman, I always say, you know, volunteer, um, you'll get so much out of it as well, rather than just, um, don't feel that you're just giving your time. You're also getting something in return. So that's really nice. Yeah. I think for you, it's your network, it's your confidence, it's your ability to connect with people too, because you're so great at connecting with people. And that's kind of what it takes to, be in business and also change things like you guys are trying to change the way we build, change the way we live, change the way we use energy. So you need to mm. know how to talk to people. And I feel like that could have, that skill you probably got from volunteering because you've got to talk to so many different kinds of people. Yeah, definitely. I would say it's a ch- more challenging to uh, manage volunteers than it is to manage in the workplace. In the workplace, um, people do their job because it's their job and they're getting paid to do their job. Whereas volunteering people can say, I don't want to do this anymore. See you later. Yeah. <laughs> so, you, so it's a lot more difficult um, to make sure that people are, are happy and invested and, and stay um, and make sure that they're involved as well. So I think that's a skill that I learned. I also think it's really important that um, to recognize, we talked about title a lot, uh, but I've always been one that I don't care about what your title is. Like, I'll talk to you. I just find people in general are just really interesting. Everyone mm-hmm. has a story and you can learn something from everyone. Yeah, totally. And I think going back to that part of the title, I think it's just everything, right? Like you have this title, but you have this influence from your network. You have this experience. So it's really what's given you this influence that you have now. It's the whole package. It's everything that you bring to the table is helping you grow this organization. Yeah, I think it's... Um, I think the timing's just right as well. Yeah, totally. Yeah, because you got to come in right when it was starting. So mm-hmm. I want, I'm really curious. I want to cycle back to this, the thing you talked about, the Equal by 30 initiative, because we already talked about um, that there's not a lot of women in your industry, that women are not rising up the ranks through leadership, which is the case in every organ, in every industry, that women are not rising up at the same rate as men. But what is your industry doing? Tell us more about that. Okay, so the Equal by 30 campaign um, is a commitment by um, a public or private sector organizations that work in the clean energy energy sector uh, in Canada um, and they commit to uh, 
um, the principles, um, which is equal pay, equal leadership, and equal opportunity for women in the workplace by 2030. Um, and the cool thing about that is that um, organizations that commit to this can really decide to do whatever they want to do. Um, uh, at Efficiency Canada, we said we want 50% uh, of our leadership levels to be women. Um, so that was actually a commitment that uh, my boss, our executive director, decided to make actually even before I came on board. It was two males, and they said, you know, we can't hire another third male. Um, so they decided we need a female. And so now there's two female, two of us that are in senior management level. So now it really is 50-50 in the workplace. Um, and I find it, just to kind of go off on a little tangent for a bit, I find it something I get frustrated with, with some of my, um, I find more male friends. <laughs> some females as well will say, it doesn't matter that um, you just want the best person for the job. There shouldn't be mandatory um, equal uh, leadership levels or equal in the workplace. Um, and I always disagree to that because there are women that are the best for that job as well. Um, if you look at our education rates, there are more than 50% of women in universities and colleges across Canada. And so if you look at that and you look at the graduation rate, there is definitely equal um, women available to fulfill that role. So why not have it mandatory to hire a woman? Yeah, because right now, if we do nothing, it's not happening. We're not getting them. We actually may not be getting the best person because there's all this unconscious bias out there. And just the way the system has been for thousands of years yeah. is that the, like, the best people are not actually rising up naturally. So we have to do something in order to get the best people exactly. at the table. Until it becomes natural. And yeah. then we don't need that anymore. But right now we do. Yeah. And it's actually... if. And if you don't believe me, like do the research yourself. <laughs> yeah. So country, countries that have instituted mandatory quotas have achieved higher level of representation of women in the boardroom. Yeah. So like, you know, one plus one equals two. Yeah. And what I like to say is that if there's no goal, if you're not going to measure anything, like what's the point? Mm -hmm. right exactly. like you might as well not invest in women's leadership because if you're not going to track it like you're not going to know if it's working and it's going to be a waste of money if you're not tracking it exactly and it also brings you having having a target or having a quota it just makes it visible visible and it makes you conscious of it when you when companies are doing the hiring because they make them pause and just look around at the room and say okay we need to do something about this. I love it. It's so simple. It's like the quota and the target is like that pause. It's to make everybody pause and be like, oh, maybe there are some biases here. Or maybe like, why are we not attracting women in our industry? Like, what mm -hmm. can we do? Like, maybe we are recruiting in the wrong place. Or maybe we are interviewing the wrong way. Or maybe we are leadership criteria needs to be reviewed it just makes you be more curious and exactly pause and think about question why why is it like this just like it happened to you exactly and I would say that something that I've noticed my um 
my sister lives now in Sweden in Stockholm and she's been there for, yeah, and she's been there for a year now. And the, and I just came back from visiting her and I noticed a huge difference between the equalities, um, of gender in the workplace over there and just in lives in general. And I actually, my, my big thing that I'm pushing for is equality at home Mm -hmm. because I strongly believe that we will not have 50 50 in the workplace until we achieve 50 50 at home because some women may disagree with me and I might not make myself popular for saying this, but I strongly believe that unless it's um, like a lot of women still feel that they have to choose between work and a family. That's not always the case, but it's a lot of the case still. And so take those, take that, that having that choice having to make for for women having to choose um so they feel that they don't have to choose um and our government needs to support it uh, what like they're doing in sweden by having a a mat leave that's 50 50 so the males have to take 50 percent of them i think it's 50 percent of the mat leave or it might be they have 18 months mat leave i think they have to take at least um six of those 18 months um and it's not uncommon to see women uh, men walking around uh, with like you know carrying the baby or pushing prams around the city there um it's really common um and it just stood out to me because it's not common here and so i'm a big believer that we need to do things um creating more uh equal mat leave and um, more vacation time for for women or or whatever it is um i think because right now women as well and i'm kind of going off on a tangent here many women feel that they're if the child is sick they're the one that has to leave work to go home to take care of the child um that because they're not the breadwinner but guess what they're never going to be the breadwinner if they're always um, putting their husband's needs before theirs or career before theirs um there's you know you can read tons of studies on it so anyway i'm going off on a tangent but that's my that's my big um observation that i noticed the difference between canada and, and sweden is that I really don't think we're going to achieve 50-50 in the workplace. We can do what we can, but it really needs to be 50% at home. Yeah, and it totally, and it happens, we don't even realize. It's not like people do it on purpose. It just happens that way because that's the way we were brought up and that's the way our society works. And it's a lot of it is unconscious, And I, but I, we have to yeah. have those conversations. Mm-hmm. Be able to talk about these things openly and have those have role models, right? That are modeling the way and showing us that it can be a different way. Yeah, I think there was a, a quote. I can't remember who said it, but um, she was a, a, a feminist um, uh, in marching, and you know, in the I think it was the fifties um, for equal rights and the rights for women to go to work. And she said, you know, we fought for rights for women to go to work um, so that they could. We just didn't think so many of you would choose to stay at home. Oh. And that kind of, and it's nice to have the choice, but again, I, I think it really comes to women feel that they still have to choose between, mm-hmm. yes, it's nice to have the choice. You can choose to go have a career or stay at home, but it's or. It's not and. 
and until it gets to ands, we're not going to have 50-50 in the workplace. Yeah, or the husband or the dad or whatever can choose too. Yes, right. Yeah, it's exactly. A choice for the family. It's like, what do we want to do? Like, the choice is yours. Yeah, exactly. Cool. So let's go back to equal by thirty because I'm really interested in this. So they set the goal. They, I really love that they set the target way in advance, and that affected their recruitment decision. Like they made sure they went out and found a very diverse talent pool because they recognized like we need the best person for this job. Like you're starting an organization from the ground up, but because they had that goal, they I'm sure they had to be more intentional on who they interviewed, where they looked for people, so that they could get the best person for the job. Uh, what else are they doing? Because that's really cool. I love, because, you know, let's be honest, it needs to start at the top, right? Yes. If we're exactly. going to have real change. So what else are they doing? Exactly. So equal pay um, is a big one as well. So um, internally, uh, we're putting our pay bands and we're going to say this is the pay band for this level. And so you can see what band you're in and what band your colleagues are in. And then it's more transparency. Um, so that's something that we're doing as well. Um, and then I guess, uh, oh, one thing, um, that not my company's doing, but, uh, actually it's a Halifax based company, uh, RNG strategic. They're in the clean energy sector and they do, uh, marketing and, and communications. Um, what they're doing, um, there's female led organization. They've decided to commit their volunteer hours as an organization to support other females. So whatever the charity organization that they decide to volunteer, whether it's dress for success or just mentoring one-on-one um, -on -one other females, that's what they're spending their time uh, volunteering as part of their equal by uh, 30 commitment. They've decided to make that female uh, volunteering a focus. It's almost like I, using their people, like they're building up their people by kind of being this role model company and then dispersing them in the community because knowing that other companies may not be at that level yet, may not have made that commitment yet. So people get that exposure to like a really strong female role model. I think that is really amazing. Exactly. And it just like the equal by 30 is so simple, but it's smart that way because it, you don't have to make it difficult. I mean, you don't have to say that you have to have five females or whatever. You can decide whatever you want. It's just making it, uh, making it conscious and making people aware of um, the diversity in, the, in their own workforce. So and it's making, really about owning equality in your company and figuring out, have the conversation, like what does that look like for us? Exactly. I'm just saying, that. what can we do and putting a timeline to it and then committing to it? Yes. I think it's so great because it's so simple because I think a lot of people get, a lot of companies get overwhelmed, right? They're like, oh, the quotas, we're going to get fined and it's scary, but yeah. it doesn't have to be scary. No, exactly. It just make it simple, making it meaningful and meaningful to you. And you decide what meaningful means. That's amazing. I love it because it's really about progress and moving forward, setting a goal and taking action. And yeah, it enables companies to do it in a simple way. Exactly. So it's the, the three things, equal pay, equal leadership and equal opportunity. So you imagine if every clean energy um, company in Canada did that and just committed to that, how much faster and further we would be along for gender diversity.
So is it that they, if they sign this, they need to have equal leadership by 2030 or they need to be on the road to that by 2030? Because that's not that long. No. So what you do is you, you sign up in year one or whenever you sign up and you say, okay, these are our, these are our own commitments that we've decided to, and you can put your own time frame around okay. it cool. and say the whole premise of it is to have equal pay, equal leadership and equal opportunities in the clean energy sector by 2030. Okay. Um, so how, how is your organization working towards that? Amazing. I love it. And then it gives the industry an opportunity to check in in 2030 and be like, okay, we set this. How's it going? Right. And if it's not going well, it's okay. You just try yeah. something else. Right. Exactly. <laughs> just keep going. Well, even if you, even if you, what's the, the saying you, uh, reach for the moon and even if you miss, you're still among the stars. Yeah. It's kind of, it kind of the same analogy. Even if we don't get, everything equal by 2030 maybe it's by 2035 yeah or maybe we have equal leadership and then the pay will come after that like yeah. it's it's just progress yeah which is the important thing because another saying if you aim for nothing you'll always hit nothing right? <laughs> that's true <laughs> very no true goal, you won't reach the goal um this was such a great conversation natalie um so how can people learn more about Eco by 30? Because I think this is really fascinating and it could be a model for other, other industries could follow. Um, so Eco by, um, let me just look at this up here. <laughs> so actually, if people want to learn about Equal by 30, they can reach out to the Equal by 30 team at Natural Resources Canada. Uh, and actually, if you just Google equal by hashtag equal by 30, you'll see all the different organizations that have signed up, uh, including Efficiency Canada. And you'll see actually what each um, organization has committed to just to get ideas to say, oh, that's a great idea. We should look at doing that or or maybe we could tweak this to, to our own. Um, and then you just learn more and then you just you just sign and then you, you go for it. It's I pretty easy. It. So if people are listening and they're like, you know what, I want to start learning more. I want to be kind of like take, make that decision for myself to move my career forward and be that role model for the next generation. I know you kind of had that epiphany moment where you just had to ask for it, but what can other people do? Like, cause I always want people to take action right away after they listen to my podcast. So then they can do the next 24 hours. What is the best place for someone to get started? If they're like, I'm, I'm ready to go. Uh, for me, it was, well, the first step was just getting empowered and just, uh, get a book, um, do some online research and, and find the stats because the stats are quite sad and they'll astound you. And for me, that was what added, like, just empowered me and inspired me to do more. And I think actually on that, there was a stat that I wanted to share that I just, this is my new one from today that further that has inspired, re-inspired me again, um, was that there are almost twice as many men named John, David, or Robert on the boards of Canadian energy companies as the total number of women serving on those boards. So, okay. <laughs> that's crazy, crazy to me. That's crazy that, there is more men named John, David, and Robert than there are women okay. on boards. Yeah. 
in the Canadian energy companies. And I just, so I read that today and now I'm all fired up again. <laughs> okay. So I think the one thing that people can do is do your research for your industry. Just find out what is happening in your industry and then decide to do something about it. Exactly. Be part of the change. Awesome. Just Thank share, you. share it with everyone, share it on your LinkedIn, share it on, and then just find out there's different ways to get involved. And if there's not a way in your own industry, create your own way. Yeah, I love it. So thank you so much for coming on my podcast, Natalie. This was so oh, great to connect with you again. And we can connect yes. from Ottawa to Halifax. I loved it. Thank you for having me. It's a lot of fun. Hey, if you're still listening to the podcast, if you made it this far, I would probably assume that you're getting some value out of these weekly podcasts. And I would like to ask you a favor. If you could take a minute to give me a review on iTunes. So click on the podcast, give me some co comments, give me some feedback because that helps spread the word about the Diversity at Work podcast and it helps to build more diversity champions and get people learning, get people curious about what it's really gonna take to close the gender gap. And after you've done that, if you still have some time, you could take a screenshot of the podcast and post it in your social media that can help spread the word as well. Thank you so much.